Hey guys and gals, what's going on? It's your boy Mig One here, coming to you on Mig One Talks Crap. First, a quick shout out. Thank you, my brother from Tokyo Munchies, Kyle. That's right, TokyoMunchiesDoctorTell.com. Thank you for the love. I appreciate that always. Uh, but I've got a different show for you today, guys. It's not about me throwing a rant or me throwing some craziness, but uh, it's going to be a little bit of a feel-good story today. Um, so, a lot of people don't know my situation. When I was raised and born, yeah, I had a mom and dad, obviously. I lived in a small town about 20-something miles away from from my grandparents. And, uh, well, every time I would see my grandfather come home with my dad, because they walked, worked at the same location, I'd go crazy. Because I wanted to spend some time with my grandparents. I developed an early, I'm talking like super, super early connection to them. And don't even know how or how that actually went down. And the reason I bring this up is because today, my sister, who we're really not on great terms right now, I guess you could say, hit me up with text messages and say, hey, going through stuff in the house and we found these photos. I'm like, oh my gosh, those are some old, old photos, like beyond Polaroids. It's like, I don't even know what you call them, but they were like those wooden ones. But uh, I'm like, man, that's pretty cool. It was one of me, one of me and my mom, and then me and my dad, then my dad, and then one with me and my grandmother. And that kind of sent a lot of emotions running through me early this morning. Because uh, like I said, like my little quick intro to you there, very close to my grandparents. Uh, my grandfather was a hero to me, obviously from his stuff in the war and just being a great all-around person. My grandmother, however was probably the most important, most iconic person ever to be in my life. Uh, and I can't even stress that enough. She uh, taught me numerous things and taught me how to be decent and how to be kind. Even though I went through a lot of, a lot of crap as a kid, I uh, had some bad stuff happen to me along the way. People don't know that. But I was physically and mentally abused at a young age. Uh, and so it was kind of rough. But, uh, you know, I got through that crap and I got through it because of my grandparents and they were like really, really good to me. They taught me stuff. They, they bought me little things. I got to whack hammers around everything else. There's even a funny story once where my grandmother was changing me in a room and I actually peed on the wall when she took the diaper off and it was kind of funny. Uh, and they used to tell that story to everybody. My uncles, my grandfather's brothers, and stuff. My my grandfather's sisters, my mom, my grandma's brothers and sisters too. So they used to tell the story to everybody. So that story was well known before I was. Jeez, it's still well known. I'm forty something years old right now, but uh, yeah, the memories I have with them go so far back. A lot of kids spend time with their grandparents, but. I would have to say I spent more time with my grandparents than I did with my mom and my dad. Uh, as a young man, like I said, as a young baby, I would go with them because my grandmother was at home. My grandfather and my dad were working, so was my mother. I came from a very poor family, obviously, uh, so they're constantly working. Uh, so my grandmother had all the time to take care of me, and it was easier for her, and I loved being around my grandma. She was just like, she was a loving person. She just had that kind of personality and that kind of, that heart, that heart inside of her, and she was just like, I, it, you could just you meet her and all of a sudden you fall in love with her even if you weren't related um but at the same time you couldn't take that for uh for granted i mean you couldn't take abuse there for that because number one 
she was probably one of the strongest women I ever met in my life. And what I mean by strong, I mean not physically, you know, I mean mentally and everything else. She was very compassionate, of course, uh, very loving and, and just overall just outstanding. I can't, I mean, character, she had amazing character. Funny, my grandmother's name is what's so interesting. Uh, it just makes even th things to the story even more cool. Uh, her name was Jesusa, which is basically Jesus with an A. And my grandmother also came from a family that was broken down. Her mother didn't want her. She wound up living with her aunt uh, and grew up with her aunt. And that was technically her mother to her. And it wasn't like she was a bad kid. It was like, you know, it was those times. And people couldn't take care of her stuff. Uh, and my grandfather dealt with some stuff, too. But anyway, as a young kid, I would go down there. Uh, they, I'd see them. My dad would have to literally take me to go see the train so I would not go with my grandfather. But here I am as a young baby, 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 riding in the back of a camper of a truck. You might as well have the seatbelt stuff and all that stuff was crazy. Back in the early 70s. So I'm riding in the back of a camper of a pickup truck uh, with my grandfather and a bunch of other men who just came back working from a hardcore job, working on poles and kind of shit like that. I'm like, this is just crazy. Uh, I, you know, never stopped to think about that, but you, you wonder now, like, dude, so there's this old man, grandfather, walking around with his grandson, sitting on his lap, and all these guys in there just looking at him and talking to him, and, and according to my grandparents, uh, as you can tell by me doing podcasting, I tend to talk a lot, so I was always very talkative, even as a young age, even if you couldn't understand what the hell I was saying, I still made crap, <laughs> I still said crap, so Mig one was talking crap when he was a baby in toddler pants, <laughs> and diapers, and you guys are lucky, you guys had them damn them damn pampers, bro. I had them cloth diapers, man. You know, them, them old school cloth diapers. When, when you take a pooper, you pee in them. You got to take them out, rinse them out, wash them out, and wash them heavily and get them back on them. So, you know, there were no pampers for me, bro. I had cloth. So, my, my parents and my grandparents went through hell washing my stuff. Because I tell you right now, I was a poopy kid. <laughs> but uh, going back to my grandmother, I can remember the fondest dreams of her because I remember she had a green spatula and that green spatula she used to make her eggs but that green spatula was also the disciplinary thing uh, she didn't use the chancla she didn't need no damn chancla she just used the, uh, the nice little green spatula but I never got whooped I get up in the morning and what's so cool about it is all this is my dad and my mom realized that it would be better just to move down to where they were at and buy the house and land next to them because it would be so much easier for everybody and I'd be next door so, growing up, you know, I had my grandparents next door. I mean, I'd get up, you know, and I'd hear my door knock on the door, and my grandpa would be out in the front porch with a, with a Dr. Pepper and a honey bun or a Dr. Pepper and a, and a donut or something for me, uh, even though grandma would tell him, don't give that to that boy. And, and then my grandma would, would, would ask me sometimes, and this is when I was, when I was still young, four or five, I was about five right now. My grandmother always asked me what I wanted to eat for breakfast, even though my mom sometimes at home. But I still ate breakfast with my grandmother. Uh, I'd go spend weekends with them as well. Even I lived next door. I'd go stay at the house next door just to watch wrestling with my grandfather. And my grandfather rocked too. I mean, come on. My grandfather's with their son. Their grandsons watch Benny Hill. That was awesome. Benny Hill was like right before wrestling too. It was like, it's like the greatest thing in the world. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> I had a good, I had a good, good times with them. But my grandmother taught me that compassion is something that's needed taught me how to be a gentleman open doors taught me how to be respectful taught me that it takes a bigger man to forgive than a bunch of other stuff she uh i used to go with them on trips to go see their other relatives when they were when i was still young and not in school 
So I got to meet all my, my grandfather's brothers and sisters and my, my grandmother's brothers and sisters who technically are my dad's uncles. They're like my second uncles, I guess. So I don't know how you would call that. But I would call them Theo and Theo out of respect. And I would try to talk Spanish to them as I was young, uh, even when I was young. And even I would go with them on the weekends, even when school was already, when I was in school too. Uh, you got to understand, I was traveling with them when I was three all the way up to when I was, jeez, up until the point that they didn't go down there anymore. I started driving them. So I was with the most all, all the time. And uh, it was always so cool. I think the hardest thing for me as a kid was watching every one of them slowly but surely pass away. And that was very, uh, I won't say traumatizing to me, but it was kind of, sort of. But it was, it was hard because I watched a lot of the older people that I knew and who I had gotten very close to uh, just, you know, leaving one by one. My grandmother was always there to uh, hug me and say, it's okay, they're in a better place. They're not suffering anymore. You know, she was the one that got me going to church. She was the one that got me becoming an altar boy. She was the one that got me to do everything. Uh, Sunday morning, I'd get up and dress and get up and go to church. And I wouldn't dress in jeans. I'd dress up nice. She used to make my dad, my, my uncle, go to school in nice collared shirts, starched and everything, in nice dress pants. And they didn't go in jeans. They weren't dressed up nice. But I would, that's how I'd get for Sunday school is how they went to school. But I would go to church that way. And my grandma was so proud of me all the time during communion and everything else. They were always, she was like always proud of me, always talking about me. And, you know, it was such a great feeling. And even as she got older, she never wavered in teaching me lessons. She taught me how to sew. Yeah, I know how to sew. She taught me how to cook. I even know how to cook. I'm not the greatest cook in the world, but she wasn't around long enough to teach me a lot of cooking, but I know how to cook certain things. Uh, she taught me how to wash clothes, uh, taught me how to make tamales, believe it or not. And every time she'd make tamales, I'd actually want to come over and help because I enjoyed helping her. I watched this little old lady about four foot, maybe ten, four foot nine. I would say maybe. I might even give it an inch. I don't know. Just run her household. My grandfather was five nine, five set, five eight. And just be the iconic figure of the family. This woman, this woman, man, if she snapped, my dad and my uncle, boy, them, them boys lined up like an attention, like they're in the military. My grandmother was the boss and the bomb. And it was early on that I noticed that. It's like, holy cow. And I was like, man, grandma speaks, they all listen. Because grandma don't, don't bullshit. Grandma tells you like it is. She's a straight shooter. No, no sugar coating it. She will tell you exactly how it is. And I say, you know what? That's how MIG-1 needs to be. This is before I was MIG-1, and I took that to heart. Don't lie to people. Don't don't beat about the bush. Tell them straight how it is. They'll respect you more for it. Be compassionate when compassion is needed and everything else. But be a good leader. Be a good person that people can follow. I owe that to my grandmother. And, you know, I'd go to school. She'd be excited for me. And when i come home, she'd have lunch for me because my mom was never home. Obviously, she was working. As I got older, my grandmother would come up with, I'd go to the window uh, in the bathroom, that window in the bathroom, I'd walk by. I'd go for my purpose on my house, walk by the window, because I knew my grandfather and my grandmother were up by either the bedroom or whatever. They, hey, grandma, I'm leaving. I said, okay, what do you want for lunch when you come home? Well, you know, whatever. She goes, you want some burritos? Sure. I'm talking like homemade burritos, man. These things are huge. They were made for me when I come home. Homemade burritos and homemade tamales and 
God, she used to make so much food. It was ridiculous. My breakfast plate in the morning as I got older would scare people right now. I used to eat like five eggs, sausage, beans, bacon, melted cheese, tortillas, tortillas, tostadas, which basically means they're crunchy, uh, and sometimes sausage on top of that along with a freaking two-liter bottle or a liter of Coke or Dr. Pepper, whatever we had at the time. That was breakfast. It was crazy. It was just wild. I don't know how I didn't weigh 300 pounds as a kid, uh, but I was very active. And I know I'm ranting and going all over, all over the place and probably repeating myself, but I cannot, and I utterly mean this in the most respectful way, I cannot even begin to tell you guys and gals to the level of everything she was to me. I had rough times with my mother growing up too, and obviously everybody does, uh, rough times with my father. But my grandma was there to remind me that I needed to be respectful and everything else, even though I was still rough around the edges because around that time, a lot of bad stuff was going down. And I still listened to her. I'd come home hurt or come home devastated about something or, or just be like totally annihilated because of the crap that's happening and or the world or whatever is just going. Just a bad, bad day for kids. Nowadays, poor kids, they do things and they wind up cutting themselves or, or hurting themselves or, or even killing themselves. I, I have to honestly say I have to thank my grandmother because if it wasn't for her and my grandfather and mostly my grandmother as it, through these times, I don't know what I would have done to myself. There is nothing more that I can say than having a, a loving hug from your grandmother when you're having such a rough time and her just holding you and talking to you in your ear and just talking to you and telling you things are going to be okay and you're going to be a great person and you're going to accomplish amazing things. And never let nobody bring you down. And you are special. You don't forget those things. Never. And uh, so seeing her hold me in that photo that my sister showed me today uh, brought back a lot of tears. A lot of great memories. Uh, I was overjoyed today. I wouldn't say tears of sadness. I'm going to say tears of joyness because I can remember all the hugs, all the, the, the talks, all the conversations. Hell, I used to watch Gunsmoke and Hee Haw and all that stuff with her because it was so much fun just sitting there on the couch with my grandmother while she is knitting, which she taught me how to do too. I knew how to do it. I don't remember how to do it much because I didn't really do it a whole lot. But she showed me how to do it. She was pretty good. She used to do that with just a needle and I was just like, wow. But, uh, you know, they did so much for me. In the end, uh, my grandmother and my grandfather gave me their house and their land. Uh, they signed it over to me when I was still a young man, but they did it a certain way. So my grandfather was still paying taxes, and it wasn't until he passed away that it was gift. It was then gifted over to me, and I took over. I was paying the taxes with my grandfather, but it was still under his name because the taxes were cheaper that way. Uh, but when he passed, when he passed, everything went into effect, and so I got the house and land. And it is because of them to this day, because of the house and land that they gave me. It's why I have a nice house uh, now on that property. Yeah, we stayed in that house for many times and for a long, long time. And my wife even hugged me because when we tore the house down, because it was from the 60s and it was falling apart bad, termites and everything. My grandfather couldn't do much to take care of it after my grandmother passed away. She'd been gone for almost 10 years and he couldn't really do it by himself. And I tried helping him, but it's a lot. And it, it, it took a lot of damage through the hurricanes and the hot Texas summers and the winters and you know all that crap you know how that stuff works but anyway so we had to tear it down that was probably the hardest thing I ever did because 
that house meant everything to me because I that's where I pretty much grew up still had some of the furniture from the house got rid of a little bit of the other ones gave some to my sister my uncles got stuff of my grandparents in there too medals and you know pictures but you know I realize that the land in the house and everything I have right now is because of them so it's like the house is an inanimate object but I have the love because I now know that you know hey it's because of my grandmother and my grandfather that I had this and I say my grandfather and my grandmother but I found out later that my grandmother was the driving force behind me getting the house and land my grandfather didn't really want to do it that way he wanted to kind of do it a different way but he went with what my grandmother felt because my grandmother's the one that got that house when she they first bought the house. My grandmother actually purchased the home. I told you, man, my grandmother was the bomb. She did all kinds of stuff. Ain't nobody cut that. My grandfather cut no grass. My grandmother cut the grass by herself. The grass you hear about me dying, cutting sometimes, and I've killed like four or five weed eaters. She did that shit on her own. And then she even did it with an old school weed eater one time. And Stan, she had time enough to make rose bushes in the front and clean them out all the freaking time. She always had plants, always had roses. She was, I mean, she was out there on the ground on her hands and knees with her gloves and her sun hat, out there cleaning rose bushes. Hey, one of my fond memories is when uh, it snowed in Texas for the first time when I was a kid. And I went out there and I went, I couldn't believe it. And then I went over there and she came up, she called me over to the porch and her porch had a, had a couple of inches of snow on it. And we made a little bit of snowman together. <laughs> and it stayed there, but it melted eventually at the end of the day. Uh, towards the end of the day, but it was cool because I'm a snowman with my grandmother. No one can say that. That's cool. Uh, so, you know, great stuff. My kids never got to meet her. My Actually, my first two kids did, Alec and uh, Nicole. And I think I scolded Alec one time for doing something bad. And my grandmother came up to me and didn't scold me, but she talked to me and said, be nicer to him, be good because he's going to do good things and you want him to be like you and raise him the way I raised you. I helped you. And I just looked at it and I said, uh, yes, I understand, Grandma. And I gave her a hug for it and a kiss. Now, when my grandmother had her stroke and it paralyzed her, that was tough. I watched this old woman in a wheelchair still do shit, still cook, still do whatever she wants to. So I will never, I have back pains, my legs will hurt, but I will not stop moving. I will play with my kids, sports, whatever, basketball, baseball, till I can't walk. I watched my grandmother do that crap. My dad played basketball with me up until he could no longer play. And he even tried still, but he couldn't do it. And I understood. So that's the reason why you hear me. I'm out doing stuff for my sons, my daughters, and my grandsons as much as I can. Because that's what my grandmother and my father did. And then my grandmother did when she was in a wheelchair. And still had time. Time for all her grandkids and granddaughter. So she's just amazing, just amazing woman. And then came the rough part of my life which uh another time in my life that uh it's kind of tough for me and uh everybody has regrets you make mistakes and you do stuff and you live with those mistakes i was living in houston and my grandmother got ill and she wasn't doing well she went to the hospital I went to see her. She uh, came back out. She was okay. She wound up in the hospital again a week later. Another emergency trip out there uh, by ambulance. I went down to see her again. This time they didn't let her go. So she's in there and she's gaining fluid and everything else. Pneumonia. I don't know what she's fighting. 
She's fighting pneumonia. She's already beaten cancer twice. I think the cancer's coming back. She's fighting the stroke she had and her other stuff that's just her body's just getting old. I mean, she was old and she lived a hard life. My grandmother was picking freaking cotton when she was a kid. Picking cotton even up until she was an adult. You're talking about carrying a 50-pound sack on your back. Ripping your hands up on shit like that. So my grandmother worked like a freaking man. So she had a hard life. And so it was it was taking its toll. So I would always go down and see her as much as I could. I'm talking maybe at least once, not once a week. I'd go down more than that. Hell, I called even when I couldn't go. Because, uh, again, remember, this is like my, my, like my other mother. It's my grandmother. It's my heart. So uh, I go back and forth. I'm trying not to apologize for my voice and uh, how I sound here. This is tough for me to go through the story. But I want to because I want you to understand how much she means to me and how I think she's a wonderful woman. So, uh, I, uh, it was a Saturday and my sister needed a ride. So my sister's still living with my mom and my dad. So I drove down there to see her and my grandma was in the hospital, which is about what, uh, mm, maybe it's only two, three, four miles away. It's about seven, eight minute drive. Not even that far. But, uh, one thing my father always taught me, and my grandmother instilled this in him, is you never want to be late for work. I always want to be on time. So, and my dad reiterated to me, make sure you get your sister to work on time because people are getting pissed about certain stuff. I said, okay. So my sister was almost about done. She was going to be done in a couple of minutes. My mother had some breakfast on the counter. She goes, you want this? I can make you something else real quick. Said, okay, sure, as long as it doesn't take too long because i got to leave here with Eva in a couple of minutes. I said, I was going to try to go see Grandma before, before I left. And they had kind of said, well, I don't know if you'll, and I don't think I'm going to have time because he's about to be ready. So I didn't go. This is Saturday. So take my sister, drop her off to work. And then I quickly chomped down to breakfast, dropped my sister off to work, and then went toward the house to get my kids and my wife at the time. I pulled up to the, to the driveway and uh, my uh, wife at the time comes out the door and tells me, uh, I look at her and she tells me my grandmother passed away. You guys want to know about having the roughest feeling in your life. You don't go to see them the day you want to see them. And that's the, the last time you see them is the day before. It's hard. It's one of the hardest things I've had I dealt with for many years. Guilt and everything else for not going when I should have even though I would have probably made my dad mad made my sister late and all kinds of stuff but uh so yeah after they picked me up off the ground in my front yard they drive me to the hospital cause she's still there my cousins come to the car Worried for me. Knowing how close. I mean everyone knew. That Grandma and Mike were very very close. I don't like to use the term favorites. But everybody would say. I was I was clearly the hands down favorite. I was the first grandson. On both sides. And. Uh, they all came to the car. I remember that. My sister was there too. My cousins helped me out of the car because I didn't want to get out. 
I got out of the car and then I didn't want to go in. They had to drag me in. I couldn't take it. And then the worst news I got was they let me know that before she passed out, she asked for me, before she passed away, for, before she actually stopped talking, one of the last things she said, she wanted to know where I was at. I remember she had been a little bit upset the day before because a little angel I had given her and I bought, I gave it to her, it got broken. So I gave her a different one after that. So I had, you know, it was just a couple days between that. So I had saw her like maybe two, three days before. But she asked for me. I broke down even harder after that. They literally had to pick me up off the floor. I wasn't making a scene. I wasn't trying to be over-dramatized. I had just lost the most significant person in my life who raised me, who taught me everything I needed to know. The funeral happened. That was tough. My aunts, who remained from my grandmother's side and my grandpa's side, who still were left, came up and hugged me. Saying, mijo, we know. We know how much he loved you and how much you meant to her. And she knows. Hug my grandpa. Vowed to take care of him the rest of the way as much as I could. So, yeah. Two years. Two years after the funeral. I finally snap out of this depression, anger. I don't know what you want to call it. I didn't even know I was in. Through family members and my sister and a bunch of other things, I got pulled out of it. And I recovered. But it was tough. So my advice to anyone who has grandkids, if your grandfather or grandmother, you hug them children. You tell them everything you know. You teach them things. You teach them the stuff that was passed down from you. From them to you. From your parents. From their parents to your parents to you. To your grandkids. You pass down that knowledge. You pass down that. That wonderful stuff that they, 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 they taught you. Because like I said. My grandmother believed in family. And I carry that with me. Hardcore. My kids even though they're from different mothers, all love each other like they're brothers and sisters. There's no stepsons, there's no stepbrothers, no stepsisters, nothing like that. Brothers and sisters. They love each other. And they will do anything for each other at all times. Uh, here's to tell you how much family meant. Four children I have. None of them are mine. They're all a, they're all from the women that I the wives that I married. Two different wives, four different kids two sets from each they all call me dad and I thank my grandmother for that because she taught me how to be a dad and how to be a great man early on so my advice to the men in the world teach your sons how to be good men teach your daughters how to be great women tell them there's nothing holding them back no restrictions you, got, you want a dream you go get it Ladies, teach your men how to be sensible, kind, gentle, and outstanding guys. And teach your daughters how to not, you don't need a man to survive. 
you're strong enough and you can do things on your own. Self-sufficient, strong, independent if you need be, whatever you want to call it. Just teach them to be strong, just like my grandmother was. I have so many loving memories and qualities and stuff that I have from her that I can't even, if I continued on, this podcast would be over three hours. And I'm already over 20, 30 minutes, getting close to 30 minutes, I think. But I wanted to share what my grandmother meant to me, to all you out there listening to me. Because even when I first started doing my podcast with a different person, my main goal was, you guys need to know who I am. I'm real. I'm going to tell you like it is. I'm not going to BS it. I'm going to keep it straight up, straight up and down. That's how I was raised. Now that I'm on critical thinking, I'm the same person. I'm a little crazy, but that's me. But I am truthful and I do say what's what's on my mind. And I will keep it clean. Well, I don't keep it clean, but you know, I tell you the way it is. I'll keep it straight. And as Meg won, I do the same. Normally you hear ranting, but today I wanted you to hear a good story. A good story about how a little old lady from a small town in Texas grew up poor, picking cotton, shoveling shit, whatever the hell they had to do to survive, how she imposed on me and gave me some of the greatest wisdom in the world, taught me things that could never be taught, taught me the value of a dollar of a hard day's work, and taught me how to treat my wives, well, wives, well, now wife, I don't, not multiple wives at the same time, but any woman that I was married to, how to treat them with respect and everything else. Granted, things do happen and people do grow apart and stuff like that. But I did everything I was supposed to do. So, that being said, this is your boy Mig One telling you, love your grandkids, love your folks, love everybody, treat everybody with respect if you can. I know that's not going to happen all the time. I know arguments and things do happen. This is, we are human. In fact, we're not perfect. But I just want to let you know, like I said, I'll be back again sometime next week with probably a rant. I think I have a pretty good rant. I want to, I think I'm saving it for next week. But I just wanted to do this because I'm so emotional today. Uh, like I said, after seeing that picture, I've just been like, I had an extra bounce in my step. I'm not going to say I was sad. I had an extra bounce in my step. Uh, another cool thing that uh, happened today was our friend Yolanda from the show, Mazden, I can never say her last name correctly, saw my picture, saw my, heard my story, and I talked to her because she's really good people. She does amazing things for people. Has elected to draw a picture, a painting, will paint something of my grandmother or myself and me or whatever, and then send it to me. That's amazing. I will hang that in my house with pride, and I will look at it every day. So thank you, Yolanda, from my bottom of my heart. I really appreciate that. You're something special, and I appreciate everything you do for the veterans and all the fire department guys and everything you do by donating your art and helping people. You're a good person. So, guys, it's your boy Mig One saying go check out my podcast, Critical Thinking Podcast with me, Rick, Sean. And then you can check out Mig One Takes Crap. Don't forget to listen to my boy who gave me a shout-out at the beginning of this podcast, Kyle over at TokyoMunchies.TikTok.com. Good stuff, man. He has a lot of stuff. Don't forget to check out my sponsors, Uncanny Comics, located in Rosenberg, and Tanks Paintball, located in Richmond. These two guys are amazing places to go. Kids have a lot of fun at Uncanny, and kids definitely have a lot of fun at Tanks. So I'm blessed to know great people. I'm blessed to know all this stuff. I appreciate it. Thank you, and peace out, guys. Make-